Hulk Sheen. Recorded live.
name of Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. We thank God for this, another opportunity to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting, uh, giving glory, honor, and praise to our soon-coming King. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He is our very present help in a time of trouble. He is our shield and our buckler. He is the one without whom we could do nothing. But we thank God, we praise and worship God because we understand that through him, through Jesus Christ, we can do all things because he strengthens us. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our series, What Seems and What Is. What seems and what is. Sometimes these two things can be the same. Sometimes these things can be very different. When they are very different, oftentimes it takes the Holy Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, to reveal to us the difference between what seems and what is. We looked at capital A in our outline, seemed like grasshoppers. If you're not careful out there, the adversary will tell you that you are something less than what God has told you that you are. We looked at Numbers 13, 33. 1 Samuel 15 and 17, capital B, seemed like a few days. We understand that Jacob worked seven years for Rachel because he loved her. The time only seemed like a few days, even though it was not just a few days. It only seemed like that to him because of his great love for her. When you love somebody, doing for them does not seem like a chore. That's one of the ways you can find out whether you love somebody. Does your giving or your support or your uh, being a blessing to them, does it seem like a chore to you? Does it seem like a difficulty? If so, then that's that's a cue that you don't love. 
when you love, you know, being in the presence of God, you love being in the presence of God, being in the presence of God doesn't seem like a chore to you. You love the, the kingdom of God, giving to the kingdom of God won't seem like a chore to you. It's when you don't love that you're counting every little thing and it seems like it's so hard and so difficult. I think back to when I was a young man, would play basketball from t- 9, 10 o'clock in the morning till 9, 10 o'clock at night. Little water breaks here, maybe go get a little piece of some French fries and go right back and play some more. Why? Because I loved the game so much, it didn't even seem like it was much, even though we had been running just about all the day long. Well, the love for the game, the love. So, so we need to check our love and make sure that we are loving properly. Go check that out. I think there's someone outside there. Uh, we looked at Genesis chapter 29, verse 20, and also Job chapter 14 and verse 1. And it brings us on down to capital C, and our outline seemed like nonsense. Seemed like nonsense. Now, again, we're talking about the difference between what seems and what is, capital C, seemed like nonsense. Luke chapter 24, verse 11, get ready for the Lord to bless you today. Real good children of God. From the book of Luke, chapter 24, with a very special focus on verse 11. Luke chapter 24, verse 11. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, the Bible says, But the disciples did not believe the women, because their words what? seemed to them like nonsense. Capital C, seemed like nonsense. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day. Thank you, Father, for the ability, the provisions to be able to enjoy some of the good things that this life has to offer. You have been very good to us, very gracious, very kind. We appreciate you. We pause reverently to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that you deserve. We ask, Father, that you forgive us once again of our sins and iniquities which we have committed in thought, word, and deed. For we have not yet obtained all of this, nor have we been made perfect. But, Father, we are pressing on like the Apostle Paul in the name of Jesus to take hold of that for which our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus took hold of us. Thank you, Father. We love you and we appreciate you. We reverence you. This is the day you have made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. We are entering into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Capital C in our outline seemed like nonsense. Now, here we are, children of God, at a very critical time in uh, the ministry, continued ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our 
this is one of the the uh, most important aspects of our Christian faith. It deals with the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here it is, the third day, the day that Jesus had promised that he was going to raise up from the dead. He had told his disciples this was what he was going to do. But because of many of his disciples, because of their lack of belief in what he said, here is the day when the promise of God has manifested, but his disciples still don't believe it. You say, Apostle, what does that have to do with me? Understand that if you don't believe what God has said, God can be doing just what he said right in your face, and you still miss it. You still be praying for God to do something that God says I've already done. You still be seeking for God to do something that he's already done. Here is the third day that Jesus had told his disciples on which he was going to raise from the dead. He has risen from the dead. But the unbelief of the disciples, the refusal of the disciples to believe those who had a revelation from God caused them to still miss it. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're still missing this thing because you don't believe those who, who, uh, who are firsthand witnesses. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're you missing this thing. Your own unbelief is causing you to miss what God has done right in your face. Your unbelief is causing you to miss what God is doing in your face. So it seems like nonsense to you. We're talking about the difference between what seems and what is. See, if you don't have a revelation from God as to, as to what's going on, <laughs> those that have a revelation from God that are trying to tell you what's going on, it's going to seem like nonsense. These women had a revelation. These women had seen the Lord. These women had seen an angel, the angel that had rolled the stone away from the tomb, but the disciples, their own unbelief was causing them to miss out on the next move of God. Some of you all out there. Your own unbelief, your own hard-heartedness, your own stiff-neckedness and stubbornness. You say, Apostle, how are you going to talk like this? Because I've been there too. And I'm here to let you to know that hard-heartedness and stiff-neckedness, when it comes down to the things of God, will cause you to miss what God is doing right in your face, right in your town. Right in your community, right in your house. The Bible says a prophet is without honor in his own home. Well, what's going on? They're missing out on the blessing of God right in their own home. Because you think it's just mommy. You think it's just daddy. You think it's just son. You think it's just daughter. You think it's just brother. You think it's just sister. Bible said that the women, when they had come back from the tomb, verse 9, they told all these things to the 11. See, see, you need to understand that, that when you really have a revelation from God, you are going to be compelled to try to share that information. See, that's one of the ways you can tell folks really don't have a revelation from God. They don't feel compelled to tell anybody. See, that, that's what it is. When you have a revelation from God and, and, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he has done and what he wants to do, and, and, and you're going to be compelled. You're not going to be able to help but tell somebody. The Bible says when they came back from the tomb. See, some of you all haven't had a tomb experience yet. That's why it doesn't matter whether you tell anybody. It doesn't matter whether you share it. Doesn't matter whether you, if you do, okay. If you don't, okay. It doesn't matter. When you've had a tomb experience, 
a tomb experience. You will be compelled. Nobody will have to tell you to preach the gospel then because God, you'll be hearing God telling you to do it. Nobody will have to tell you about the sharing the things of God because the Spirit of God will be so loud in your heart and your mind. It will be resounding in your heart and mind. It's got to be told. The gospel has got to be preached in all the, the four corners of the earth. When they came back from the tomb, see, if you, you haven't had a tomb experience, you need to pray to God to give you one. The tomb experience was the experience that these women had that brought them face-to-face -face with the reality of the gospel message. See, they had heard. They had heard a whole lot of stuff. Some of you all, you hearing me every day. Some of you all, you hearing your pastors, you hearing your preachers, you hearing your teachers every day, but you ain't had a tomb experience. These women had been hearing. Gee, they knew that Jesus was supposed to rise on the third day. They had heard all of that stuff. They had heard all of that stuff. They had heard all of this stuff. But when they got to the tomb, the reality of what our Lord and Savior had been saying hit them in the face. Some of you all understand my voice. You've been hearing me preach on this broadcast about making sure that you handle your finances right and, and make sure you contribute to the church and the ministry like you're supposed to. Don't be, don't be selfish. Some of y'all, you've been hearing it. You've been hearing it and paying no attention until you mess around out there and lose your job. And you don't have any money until God mess around and take that which you were which you you were so content confident in. See? Or he mess around and take your house, or he mess around and take your car, or he mess around or the same way you have withheld from the kingdom, God haul off and do it to you or allow it to be done to you. Now you've had a tomb experience. Now the reality of what the prophets and the, and the teachers and the spokesmen from God, now that reality is hitting you in your face, that God is not playing with you, me, or nobody else. Listen to me out there, child of God. Now, some of you all think that your house payment is most important or your car payment is most important. Me personally, I believe the kingdom is most important. Make sure the kingdom is taken care of first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because see, what God said I can do is I can shut down all that other stuff. And that's exactly what he's going to do eventually. God said, I'll shut down all that. God said, I can fix it up so you don't have to worry about any house payment because you won't have a house. God said, I'll fix it up so you don't have to worry about any apartment payment because God said, I'll have you up out of your apartment. God said, I'll, you keep messing with me. God said, I'll fix it up so you don't have to worry about any car payment because I'll mess around and have them come take that car. Make sure the king, some of you all need to hear, make sure the kingdom is taken care of first. See, see, if you go ahead on and believe God, if you go ahead on and, and believe his prophets, believe his apostles, believe his spokesmen and spokeswomen, a lot of times you won't even need a tomb experience. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? See, them going to the tomb was indic indicative that they didn't believe what the master had said. They were going to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. Well, it was the third day. Jesus said, look, on the third day, I'm going to be rose from the dead. If God said, look, I would have been more pleased if on the third day, instead of them going to the tomb, they went to Galilee. One of the saints said, that's where, that's where, that's where he said he was going to be anyway. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? See, when you go ahead on and believe God, it can keep you from having to experience tomb experiences. It can keep you from having to be in a place that God never wanted you to be in the first place. God don't want to have to take your job out there, child of God. God out there, God don't want to have to take your life. God don't want to have to take your health. God don't want to have to take your son or your God don't want to have to take. 
God wants to add and multiply in your life. It's your own stubbornness that causes God to have to start dividing and separating or dividing and subtracting. Had they been in Galilee, they would not have had the tomb experience. When we believe God, we'll be right in the city where God said he was going to be. We'll be right in the town where God said his blessing is going to be. We'll be right in the church where God has told us when we listen, when we believe God. So you don't believe God, now you're all out of place. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the left. When they came back from the tomb, see, when they had to get rebuked at the tomb. Angel asked them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? They had to get rebuked. See, some of us ain't going to get this thing until we get hit upside the head. Some of us ain't gonna have to gang going just ain't gonna get this thing. They had to be rebuked at the tomb. See, if they'd have been in Galilee, there would have been no rebuke. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice, get in the habit of being in your Galilees. In other words, being right where God told you to be, doing what just what God told you to do. God don't have to rebuke you when you're doing like you're supposed to do. God don't have to correct you when you're saying what you're supposed to say. God doesn't have to send you somewhere different when you're going where you're supposed to go. The Bible says they told all these things to the eleven, to all the others. It's Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Now, now look at this. Now, because sometimes we apostles have to get ourselves blasted. God be trying to tell us or trying to show us or trying to reveal God. Here these individuals were that weren't apostles were telling the apostles, giving the apostles revelation from Christ. But because the apostles didn't believe Christ when he first told them, and now there are some individuals that have a revelation are trying to tell them. The apostles don't believe them either. The Bible says, but... They, or the apostles, did not believe the women. Why? Because they did not believe the Lord. See, see, I ain't got to worry about some of you all out there. See, you look right at the Bible and see what God's saying. You don't believe that. So I, I know if I'm telling it to you, you're not going to believe me. If I'm telling you the same thing that's in the Bible and you don't, you're looking right at the word of God and don't believe that, how are you going to believe me as a spokesman for God? You're not. You say, Apostle, what you got, man? Individuals have to get to the place where they believe the word of God, and, and that will help them to better believe the spokesman and the spokeswoman for God, because that's what we're supposed to be telling you all, the word of God. Bible says, see, these, these disciples, the apostles, didn't believe the God of the word. So now when these women come preaching the word of God, they don't believe that either. If you don't believe the God of the word, you're not going to believe the word of God because they are one. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Uh-huh. See, one thing I've come to find out in this life, there are some words that seem like nonsense at one state, but at another state, they make a whole lot of sense. They seem like nonsense at one state, at one stage, 
at one one place in development, you know, at one dispensation. Seems like nonsense. He said, some of you all listen. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, worshiping God every day, <laughs> studying the Bible every day. <laughs> Seems like nonsense. Going to church every day. There's a whole lot of you all out there. Seem like nonsense, but I guarantee you this, that there's going to come a day when it won't. Now, I ain't threatening nobody. God knows what he's going to do with each one of you out there. And just like he knows what he's going to do with me. There's going to come a day when the things of God that may seem like nonsense in your busy little nonsensical going nowhere schedule, there's going to come a day when the things of God are not going to seem like nonsense. See, having a drink of water right now, oh, man, ain't no big deal to me. But ask a man in hell if you could. How, what would he give for a drink of water? Oh, man, I'm riding on a plane. As long as the plane is flying pretty well, no big deal. You know, parachute don't mean anything to you. But, but ask a man what would he give for a parachute on a plane that's, that's coming down about to crash. What would you give now for a parachute? Some things seem like nonsense. Seem. Again, it seems. Oh, man, I can remember when, when the Bible seemed like nonsense to me. Christianity seemed like nonsense. I can remember. God makes sure I can remember. Because some things seem like nonsense at one stage. It don't seem like nonsense at another stage. What these women was talking about, what Jesus was talking about when he said it, seemed like nonsense. What these women are now talking about when they say it to these apostles seemed like nonsense. But when they came face to face with the Lord themselves, everything fell into place. Didn't seem like nonsense anymore. I'm guarantee I'm guaranteeing some of you all I done sound of my voice that what God has given me to share with you all, however nonsensical it may sound to you now, however vain or unimportant or uneventful it may seem to you now, there's going to come a day. And it's coming very soon. Some of y'all is coming sooner than others. It's going to come a day when you're going to realize, whoa, I sh we should have took that much more seriously. Oh, man, wearing a condom don't seem like a big deal to a lot of time. A young man getting ready to have sex. That's around to get AIDS. And and see how much what would you give what would you give now to have had a condom on during that last escapade? Seemed like nonsense when it was time to have sex. But now that you got the age, what would you give now to be able to go back and have slipped the condom on during that escapade? Some things seem like nonsense at one place, at one stage, that don't at another. That word the Bible said the word seemed like nonsense. So understand out there, child of God. That some things that may seem like nonsense to you, not nonsense, very real and very serious, very real, very serious. The Bible says that Peter, however, even though the words seem like nonsense, look at verse 12. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? See, you better understand, child of God, there are going to be some revelations you're going to receive, revelations you're going to hear. You know, maybe through me or through one of God's other servants that might seem like nonsense to you. But I encourage you, be like Peter. Check that thing out. Peter checked it out. There were things my grandfather used to share with me as a young man seemed like complete nonsense to me till I grew up, till I matured a little bit, till I checked some things out. Check it out. 
There's some things I shared with some of you. This is why some of you all keep right on tuning into this broadcast. Because there's been some things I've shared with you all seem like complete nonsense. Has gone against everything you don't or a lot of the stuff you don't heard in your little churches and your little in your little Bible studies. But you gone back and checked it out, and you have come to find out, doggone, if what Apostle Brian said is true. Sounded like nonsense to me when he first started talking. That in fact, I didn't even want to listen to the broadcast no more. But I went back. Just check those things, and it was true. I had one friend of mine. He and I parted company for about ten years. Great friend of mine. Loved him like a brother. You know, we separated on the issue of tithing. I told him, I said, that ain't in the Bible nowhere about tithing on no money. Oh no, no, no. We ended up parting company. About ten years later, I was in, in New York City, walking around. Had to catch a flight the next day to go down to Nigeria for some programs or whatever. I was walking around, my cell phone rang. Bring, bring. I picked up the phone. We hadn't talked for about 10 years. He said, Apostle? I was like, hey, Doc, what's going on? He said, hey, Apostle, how you doing? We said, hey, man, what's, what's going on? He said, look, man. He said, oh, I said, what you doing? I said, what's going on? You know, he, we went back and forth. I said, well, I'm up in New York, man. I said, I'm getting ready to fly down to Nigeria. God has opened a lot of doors for me down there. I said, when are you going to come on down there with me so we can set, set that country on fire? He said, look, man. He said, we'll discuss that when, when you get back. He said, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to let you know something. I said, what's that, Doc? He said, what you told me about tithing 10 years ago. He said, man, you was right. I said, oh, Doc, man, come on, man. I said, next time it may be me. I said, well, you know, we just we just give God praise. He said, yeah. Nah. I said, he, said, uh, he said, but, you know, he said, everybody wouldn't call you and tell you. He said, but I had to make sure that I did. I said, well, you know, we give God praise. I told him I see him when I got back. When I got back, we, we got a chance to see. What happened? When I shared it with him in 1994, it seemed like, what? Nonsense. But after he had a chance to study, take it before the Lord, run reference on the scriptures, and check some things out. The Bible says Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb. Peter checked it out. This man of God checked out everything I had shared with him. I was like, man, it ain't in there. I'm trying to tell you something. Oh, no. Seemed like nonsense. What? He ran. So sometimes, child of God, you check out what seemed like nonsense, and you come to find out it's not nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. He went away wondering to himself what had happened. Well, what had happened was the evidence was now beginning to, to support what the master had said. And that's one thing about the word of God. Eventually, the evidence will speak for itself. Don't care what you've been told. Don't care what you've been heard. Don't care what your, what your little pastors or your little whatever's done say. If it's not in line with the, the, the truth of the word of God, the evidence will speak. You can't make God's word say what it don't say. This word has been sealed. To try to add anything to it or to try to subtract anything from it, you bring all kind of curses on yourself. What happened here, what the Lord had said, because he said what he said and what he didn't say, he didn't say. The evidence was now supporting what the Lord had said. And that's what happened with my, my friend of mine. The evidence was supporting exactly what Apostle had said. Now, Peter, 
And his little mind ain't no way no Jesus unrolls from the dead. What's wrong with y'all? Don't nobody rise from the altar. And yet he was one of the same ones that saw Lazarus rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. So why is it? Don't you know that if somebody can can raise up somebody from the dead, it stands to reason they might just have the power too to raise themselves from the dead. <sighs> Things we're about done. We are about done. See, the evidence is going to support what God has said. Guess three in there talking about Christianity is a way the white man keeps us down. It is the master's religion. Uh, whoever you are, I'm going to just pray for you because you sound just as ridiculous as I did before God gave me a revelation. So I'm just going to keep you in prayer. All right? It takes God to open up eyes. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Christianity that kept me down. It was Satan, listening to Satan and being deceived by the adversary that kept me down. Christianity has raised me up higher than, higher than any, any white man could, higher than any, any, anybody could. Now, so we're going to keep you in prayer, whoever you are. So, what do we understand? Peter checked it out, and the evidence spoke for itself. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. He went away, didn't see anybody, didn't see any physical body, all in keeping with what the Lord had said. See, here's the thing about here's the thing about the gospel. Here's the thing about the word of God. You know, ultimately everybody's going to come to find out that Jesus Christ was Lord. What you believe now, that's your business. What you think now, that's your business. Remember, Satan is the god of this age. He's the prince of the powers of the air. The Bible says he had blinded the minds of unbelievers. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means if you don't believe in Jesus right now, Satan has blinded you. Just like somebody can put a blindfold over your eyes and the natural take you someplace and you don't have no idea how you got there, when you don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, Satan has blindfolded your eyes spiritually. You don't have any idea where you at. You don't have any idea what's going on. You don't even have any idea where you're heading. Let somebody throw a blindfold on you and start driving you around in a car. You could be in your own town and you won't know where you're at. Because you can't see. You can't see. You don't know. You don't know whether that was a left turn or a right turn. You don't know whether you, you, you don't know. You just don't know. And until God removes the blindfold off of men and women's eyes, they don't know. Remember the rich man that ended up in hell. You know, he thought he had a pretty good grasp of what was going on in, in, in life till he died and lifted up his eyes in hell. Then all he come to realize that, whoa, here we are, right back to the topic. What seemed like nonsense, what seemed like foolishness, what seemed like the white man's religion, what seemed like something to keep us down, what, what seemed like, he come to find out. It wasn't what seemed, it what was. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you today, Father, for the, op- for the privilege to share your word with this uh, generation. We pray, Father, that you have been pleased with the words of our mouth the meditations of our heart, that they have been acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our strength, and our redeemer. We pray, Father, that eyes that have been destined to be opened today, may they be opened in the mighty name of Jesus. May 
your word and your spirit convict and convert sinners. That just as Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were saved, we ask, Father, that souls be pricked to heart today and that they may uh, ask what they must do in order to be saved. Well, Father, we thank you because you've made salvation so simple. You've told us in your word that if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus Christ and that you, Father, have raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. We ask, Father, that souls be saved today at the preaching, the teaching of your word, that your spirit convict and convert. Fill the hearts and minds of, of uh, your people, Father, that men and women may come into the glorious family of God. Father, as you do these things for us, we will be most careful to continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all glory, all honor, all praise. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen and amen. Saints, God bless you, and may heaven smile on you this day.